Hi, this is Eric Y. Chen, host of the Y Factor podcast, where I interview entrepreneurs, CEOs, and individuals on how they got started in their business. I take a deep dive to understand their journey through life, uncovering their purpose, and most importantly, discussing their whys. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. All right, well, thank you guys for joining on my podcast. This is Eric Chen of The Y Factor. So today I have Fernando Cruz and Nick Young. Um, love to have you guys introduce yourself and kind of give a um, synopsis or summary of what you guys do in terms of business and then we can dive dive a little deeper. Yeah, um, so we're primarily like sellers like on Amazon. We've been at it for about four years. Nick and I go like, way back to, to the college days. Uh, but primarily what we do is we identify like high margin items that have a relatively low competition and then we'll actually source those from overseas, usually China, and then import them um, to the United States and then get them to rank on Amazon. So we're usually like in the top few for every uh, for all the major keywords. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have like 250 SKUs now that we sell um, across like the U.S., Canada and the U.K. But I mean, going back a little bit, like Fernando and I, he mentioned we know each other in college. He's actually my big bro in college. So we were both in the same business fraternity, um, best friends. We partied together all the time. And then we actually took our, like, our first startup job together. So we both were like working corporate out of college, and we were like, you know what? This really sucks. And, um, and then we were just like G-chatting, like not working all day. Yeah. Just like G-chatting. It's like, and, while you guys are at work. Yeah, exactly. We're like, this blows. Like, we need to find something different. And I just discovered TechCrunch at that time. And so I remember sending to him, I don't know if you had heard about it before that, but like we were just talking about it and we just started blindly applying to all the startups in LA. And then, you know, finally a couple like a couple months later, one of them reaches back to, out to us and we both interviewed for it and we both got it. And then... Were there two positions for that job or... It was, okay, it was three. So it was the most intense like interview process ever. So yeah. the way it worked is you'd like submit your resume, you get a call back, you get like a phone screen. Yeah. Then like, I think it was like um, another in-person interview. And then you were invited to apply this like two week training. So it was like two weekends, eight hours a day. And they brought in 10 people and it was like survivor. Yeah. Like we're like in the beginning, they're like only three of you will get offers. And I look around, the whole team is white. And then we're like the only two Asian people. And we're like, we're fucked. Yeah. Like, they're only taking one. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so we competed. And then, yeah, it was it was brutal. But like, uh, two got offers, one more person. But this is for a 100% sales commissioned role. Yeah. So I was coming from finance. So I was like making like pretty solid salary yeah. to like making like 20 to 25 grand a year. It was yeah. brutal. We were getting paid like 25 to $30 like a close. I mean, you know, like a lot of our friends thought we were crazy at the time because this is before startups were big. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it was like the best decision we ever made because we realized early on that like we need to think long term about like if we want to start a business and that's something that really like we gravitated towards that we need to learn from people who are doing it. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, Tim Ferriss is like one of our like just shining stars in terms of like our true compass. And I remember like we emailed him one time and he's like, you know what, just follow an entrepreneur that you believe in. And then that's kind of something we took to heart. And so that's always been part of our journey. And we went from startup to startup and eventually just, you know, reconnected. I mean, we, we always kept in touch, but just said, hey, I think we're ready to start a business. Let's do it. And he's like, Fernando's like down. Yeah. Typical Fernando fashion, down. <laughs> so it was, Vegas, uh, that was start a start company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so part of that whole journey is that you guys left corporate and then went into a straight sales job, sales commission, right? So, I mean, how long did you guys stay in that job? 
guys. Well, the company failed after a year, so it was, it, our decision was made for us. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was cool. Like, I mean, we were there for like three months. Like, I mean, this company went from employees of 15, 16 or so. Mm-hmm. It scaled to like 70 people in a year. So we wow. saw that transition, growth, yeah. yeah, which was cool. And we learned, yeah, some things to do, some things not to do, a lot of things not to do. Um, and then, so we both went off to separate companies. Like Nick went to Tascas and I went to, um, to any perk. So uh, a pretty fast growing company that had just come out of Y Combinator uh, in San Francisco. Oh, wow. Okay, so I mean, you were up in the Bay for a little while. Two years. The startup, yeah, yeah, yeah. the startup world. And so I guess at, at one point, in your guys' life, you know, going through all of these startups, like what was that deciding factor or that trigger moment for you guys to say, hey, yeah, let's go start a company together? I mean, I think for me, like a big part of it was, you know, I had been there for, you know, two, three years now at this company and I had a lot of autonomy, a lot of responsibility and, you know, I'd built a lot of different things. So number one, I had a lot of confidence now in my ability to just build things from scratch, you know, like in a startup, you have this amazing opportunity to just like, you know, be told to do something and you're just given full freedom and creativity to do it. So I had done that enough times to feel confident in my ability. But more importantly, I knew like if I stay in this company and went to the next step, I'd get paid like a marginal bit more, but I'd be so much more stressed and it wouldn't be my own company. So in my own mind, I was like, look, if I'm going to be this stressed, I'd rather be my own company. That, that was my perspective going into it. And I was like, you know what, like I've always wanted to start a business, now's the best time, um, let's just do it. And that, that was my perspective. Yeah. yeah. And to, to give, uh, I guess, the audience a kind of background, what was that as timing or time frame to say, like, two years is enough, three years is enough? Like, how, like, was that in 2012, 2013? Um, well, we started... Uh, 2014. Uh, is 2014 that we started at? Okay. Uh, so after two years. It was two years. Okay. And then what, what about you, Fernando? Uh, so for me, it was a little different, like uh, at any perk, like I had like an awesome, like really, really awesome experience in terms of like, I was employee number two, we had like no product, no customers, like nothing, like the CEO, he was living in Japan for the first six months. So he flew from Japan to like greet me on my first day and then was like, we need customers. And like, that was it. Like literally the, and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you're in charge of like making the company like successful. And it was just like, he's like, I'm taking care of the tech. And you have to like build it. And I was like, whoa. So, um, yeah, so it was like an amazing process for two years. Like, you know, figuring out like, okay, what partners do I bring on? Like, how do I get clients? Like, how do we like build a recruiting team and then like marketing and customer support? So I like handled all of that over like the two years. And we ended up um, scaling to like 50 people. And then I was like, okay, yeah, for sure. Like, I can do this. So you, you basically were put in a position to basically run an entire company almost from scratch yourself. Yeah, with another buddy, actually we had dinner with last night. But yeah, the two of us, like we had two sides of the business and then like, it was just go nuts. And that was before you guys started your Amazon journey. Yep. So that in itself, I mean, would you guys tell people that you should really get this type of hands-on experience in terms of building a business? Or is it something people should work on a side hustle first while they're working corporate or their job? Um, Or is it to just go all in? Uh, I mean, I, I think it depends on your situation. You know what I mean? I think it depends on your appetite for risk and just how much you need to validate yourself before like being comfortable taking that jump. And I think like, um, you know, my perspective is that 
I, I mean, not to offend people who have MBAs or whatever, but my, my perspective is that, like, look, Suck. I mean, you know, it, as an entrepreneur, if you want to start a business, it's kind of a waste of time, right? Yeah. You're, you're in school when really the best way to learn to start a business is actually hands-on experience. So why not learn that on someone else's dime? And there's plenty of opportunity out there of people, you know, like us or people, you know, in our situation where it's like, yeah, we could use additional help. We might not pay you much, but the experience that you're going to get is going to pay off in the long run. And I think, you know, that's what you got to think about. I think, you know, a lot of people that I know, you know, they won't, they wish that they had done something like taking the step that we did, but the problem was that they weren't willing to make a lateral move into a lower paying job mm -hmm. in a situation that would have been better suited for them for the long term. And so I think, you know, if you're considering that and you're like, look, I'm afraid to like take a, a lifestyle cut, maybe you just don't want to actually start a business badly enough, you know, and that, that was like, I think something that was really clear uh, to us from the get go. Yeah. I think like the earlier in your life that you can take like a big like moment of risk, like the easier it is. Cause I think mm -hmm. a lot of people will make that like transition, like later on in life, like when they're like, oh, you know what, I'm not even passionate about this. Like I'm going to do like a complete 180 or I'm going to go back to school and try to figure it out. But I think because we did it when we were so young, we were used to being like, Oh shit. Like I like can't like spend as much money going out and like all the money that I'd saved in finance, like is covering my like day to day expenses, like my rent, uh, because I'm making so little at, like in the startup. But I think if you like get accustomed to that earlier versus like when you have kids or like you're married and all that kind of stuff, you're just like, you're used to that, like a feeling of uncertainty. It makes it way easier to start a company. Totally. And like, yeah, going back to like whether you should join a startup or not, like I think it really, to me, it, it, it boils down to like, can you learn like on your own or like ask for help when you don't know something? Because I think luckily for us, like a lot of our best friends are entrepreneurs so, like, we're not shy about, like, hitting them up and being like, can we get dinner? Like, can you tell me how to build my Instagram or, like, social media or whatever? And I think that is, like, a huge thing is, like, you know, being, like, humble enough to be like, hey, there's somebody better than me at this. And I want to learn as much as I can so that I can go and, like, execute quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I really want to touch on the point that you mentioned about risk-taking early on because I think that's so important. I mean, just to give perspective, like, you know, Fernanda mentioned that we didn't have the jobs at that first startup that we worked at, and it's mm -hmm. because they laid us off. They literally brought in all sales marketing, and we had just gotten promoted, like maybe a month <laughs> and a half beforehand, right? Yeah. Finally, we got promoted. We have a great salary. Like, we're in these good positions. We have a decent amount of equity. We're going to be millionaires. And then, like, <laughs> like a month and a half later, they pull us all in a room, calling a strategy meeting, and just let go of the entire sales and marketing like, team. This is the strategy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the strategy is we're letting you go. Done. Yeah. <laughs> and so we get let go, and it's like, you know, I remember at that same time, it was a period where I got let go from this job that I loved. You know, I broke up with my girlfriend of four years. You know, like, and, you know, and Fernando ended up getting a job to move up to NorCal. And it was like a terrible time in my life. It was really tough. Uh, but I feel like when I recovered from that, that was so important to me because I ended up working at this company, Taskus, and it was amazing. And it just like, it made me experience this big part of my life where I got everything taken away, mm -hmm. but it also just came back. And I think the more comfortable you are with the reality, which is, you know, you'll be okay no matter how shitty the situation is then I think that really just builds into your character as an entrepreneur later down the line. And I think if you avoid that, I mean, I think you're just, you know, you're, you're just afraid to pull off a scab. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's not really doing a service to you. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great analogy. So, I mean, what would you tell people, you know, for them to risk losing things, like to give them some perspective, how long is that recovery period? Is it, you know, was it painful for you for two months, one month, two weeks, three months, six months, like, what was that recovery process for you to really get your stuff together? 
I mean, I think, you know, resilience is very dependent on the person, but I think it's always shorter than you think it will be. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's been my experience. Um, and so, you know, the human spirit is just naturally, as long as you accept your situation, you know, at some point you'll be like, okay, you know what? I'm over being upset. I'm over being sad. I just got to move forward and just accept it. And you kind of grow bigger around the issue and then you grow around it. And that's really just how you build character and build, you know, um, yeah, just build that really resilience. You basically just have to keep falling and falling. Yeah. You have to move through it. Thicker skin, right? Yeah. You can't move around it. You have to move through it. And I think that's, you know, a lesson that we carry through even in our business, like, you know, um, a couple of years ago, we had this cash crunch in our business, right? And we literally have to lay off like most of our employees in the U.S. And it was really embarrassing because, you know, a lot of our friends, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, you guys are doing well, blah, blah. And revenue wise, we were doing well, but we were literally losing money every single month. Yeah. And, and we this were, wasn't that long after we threw a massive party. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like with all of our friends. It was called We're Still in Business. Like, that was yeah. the end of the party. <laughs> yeah, because like, it was only like two of us at the time. So we we're like, oh shit, everyone's throwing Christmas parties. Like, what do we do? Just like go to dinner, the two of us? And we're like, <laughs> yeah. so actually, you know what? We're just going to like rent a mansion and throw a massive party yeah. with like DJs, amazing. a photographer, like 250 people, like unlimited so, alcohol. All out. Yeah. It was stupid, ridiculous. Yeah. But not that long later. Yeah, <laughs> like, six months later. Like, <laughs> six months later, like we were nearly insolvent you know yeah, what I mean? like that's like how scary. bad it was and we had to make some really hard decisions and i'm like there's so many times we we're on the phone we're like dude what are we gonna do like we were so scared um but you know what like we made the right decisions we like prioritized and like we worked through it and honestly i mean it made us such better entrepreneurs totally and it's like i almost like welcome those situations now i mean obviously like it'll be really bad when they happen you can well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it's made us way more careful but yeah. it's really trained us you know and i think with any human experience, if there's like a negative side to it, you just gotta enjoy it for the lesson that it is, you know? And then you become a better person for it. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things is that like really early on when like, like before I even found Amazon, like when we were like trying to build our own website and we were like losing money super, super quickly, um, like we were both super committed to being entrepreneurs. Like mm-hmm. I remember like we were talking about it and we're like, okay, you know what, the very worst we can drive for Uber. And like we ended up doing that <laughs> like it. at yeah. night. And then yeah. like, it was just like a real like commitment. It was like, okay, like, you know, maybe we can bartend at night or whatever. Like Nick was like, well, my mom lives close by. We can like go live there. I'm sure she'll be really stoked and we'll eat for free. And like, I mean, we were just like, all right, like we're doing this until we figure it out. Because, like, if we go back and, like, get jobs and stuff like that, like, it's not going to be, like, the same. Yeah. And so... Yeah, there's no doubt in our minds that, like, if we just kept at it long enough, that we would figure it out. And I think yeah. that's, like, that's the resilience that we got from working at a startup, right? Like, seeing results from our work. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think then the question became for us, like, okay, well, how long do we have until that happens? You know, and that's where, you know, we started this e-commerce, uh, like... Shopify site did not work for six months. You remember those times. And then we had to change because we literally were bleeding money. And then we're like, no, we need to focus on making money now. (laughs) And then that's when everything changed. Because originally it was like a passion project. It was like, you know, uh, like this is something that we really care about and this will be awesome and everything else. But when it didn't make money and like the market didn't respond, like you can, you know, continue to bulldoze through and hopefully like uh, make it work or you can be a little bit more practical and be like, Kind of like what Mark Cuban says, right? Like, you know, sales cures everything. And that was like the thing where we decided to actually create products because we realized if we created products, um, we could choose the distribution where before we were trying to be a marketplace and that Mm. was a lot more difficult. Yeah. So I want to go back earlier to what you said about you guys really had the idea of just pursuing entrepreneurship, right? And I wanted to ask you what your definition of entrepreneurship is in the first place like whether that was the lifestyle or a business like 
how did you how did you guys define that to even know this is something you're chasing to to me like entrepreneurship is when you take like a financial risk for your career so like if you're like a musician and you like quit your job in corporate and you're like i'm gonna try to be a musician like to me that's like entrepreneurial like you're an entrepreneur because you're letting go of stuff like you're financial security and you're going after what you're pursuing whether yeah it's tech or you know a food truck or whatever like i think as long as you're taking that financial risk to to make income in a way that's not like secure whatever like i think you're an entrepreneur Mm. yeah i mean i think i agree uh and i think also for me personally entrepreneurship is kind of like it's like the matrix taking the red pill the blue pill Mm -hmm. you know i think a lot of people walk through their lives like just going to work and thinking that that's what they need to do every single day. You know, clock in, clock out, I need to make money. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I think the reason why I love Tim Ferriss so much is because I remember wanting to be a finance person, wanting to be an eye banking. And not even thinking, like, the only reason why I wanted to do is because I would make money and it was a prestigious job. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even pull back to think about, okay, well, how much am I actually making per hour? And am I going to have the freedom to do the things that I want to do? You know, and I think entrepreneurship to me is a vehicle for being able to really pull back and actually design your life in the way that you want to do it. Yeah. You know, and that to me was the beautiful thing about it. It was like when I read that book, which I highly recommend the four hour work week, I think it's pretty common knowledge now, but it was almost like a spiritual awakening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I discovered like Jesus or something and I was yeah. like, oh my God, like I'm thinking about life completely wrong. And that was like pff, mind shift. So yeah. I, I, I read that book as well. Right. And that's also what you know led me onto this journey to pursue entrepreneurship. Um, so when you did talk about that, it was the comparison between being an eye banker, making a ton of money, but you're working 120 hours a week, right? right? Compared to a teacher, and if you're, you know, dividing up the numbers and they have three months summer break, you know, how much, you know, right. is the eye banker making more compared to the teacher when you have three months of vacation, technically, right? Yeah. right? So, I mean, for, for you guys having to pursue, you know, a finance job right out of college because of the prestige, because it was a good job. I mean, what was that turning point or thought process for you to say, you know what, it's okay if I become an Uber driver to pursue what I want, or it is okay for me to be a bartender or just choosing some occupation or making that sacrifice to not have that prestigious name or job or title compared to, you know, comparing yourself to other people? I think for me, it was about like not getting too comfortable. Because like when I left anywhere, I was like head of sales. So like for sure, easily if we were like, when we were starting the company, if I just went and did like, you know, a head of sales consulting role or something like that, could have made a ton of money, not like worried about it. But and then I would just be like falling back to like working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so like, to me, like the goal was not to make as much money. Like it was just like do like Uber or like be a bartender, something that I don't want to do like for the long term to like motivate me more to make the company like uh, like more successful faster like to wake up earlier to stay up later to like get it done because I think if you end up like kind of going kind of bad it's like kind of like hooking up with your ex-girlfriend that's probably not <laughs> but you know what I mean it's like you're Where's not moving <laughs> yeah. it's like you're not moving forward towards if, like where you should be going if you're going back with your ex-girlfriend yeah if you're going back with your ex-girlfriend you're it's not bad, it's a bad habit right it's a bad habit yeah. that's exactly right yeah 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 I think you're totally right and and like I don't, so let me just make sure I understand your question you're asking like at what point was the turning point where it's like you know what I don't care what people think I'm gonna go ahead and do what I want to do exactly um, you know, I, I don't, I, I think it de- definitely helped to have Fernando, mm-hmm. right? Like to have 
him go to, to our first job together. That was like, you know, I think that made things a lot easier. We were in it together. Um, but I think at the same time, I don't know, like, um, that's a really hard question to answer. <laughs> um, but, you, you know, I think, like, I had just read enough books about, like, compound interest, you know, like, com- like just compounding good decisions and realizing that, like, you know, the most successful people, I think, are the ones that think really, really long term and really focus on the true outcome of what you want, you know? And I, and I think the, you know, the Tim Ferriss thing, like, just helped me realize, like, okay, well, like, why do I want that? Like, is prestige, like, a good reason to want something? You know, and if at the end of the day, I have all this freedom, like, I, I think actually that was the moment where it was just like, okay, what do I actually value? And what do I think other people value? And do I actually care about those things that other people, I expect other people want from me? And I realized I don't, I don't even care what this other person is doing. Why does it matter what they think of what, what I do? Because they're mostly thinking about themselves. And I think that was like the turning point for me where I was like, I want to prioritize what I want from me, not what I think other, people's want, other people want from me. Yeah. I think oh, another big thing I forgot to mention is like, yeah, when I like first graduated from school, I like, basically just like travel. I took out like a student loan and then used it to like travel for like five months and just like kind of come back for a little bit and then like leave again. So I went like all over the world and then like, and I come back. I was in Australia working as a bartender for like two months and then I had like always a group of friends and everything and like leaving back to go work in finance. And then, like, that job sucking. And I was like, oh, man, like, what did I do? Like, I should have stayed in Australia. It was way more fun. So I think entrepreneurship was kind of, like, a vehicle of going back to that, like, lifestyle. Because I knew that if I continued, like, down this route of finance and I saw the people, like, that were, like, at the top. And they didn't look any happier. Like, they didn't look like they had, like, great relationships with their, like, friends and, like, family. And, like, all it was just, like, a job that, like, paid really well. And I was like, damn, like, that is not what I want for myself. Totally. So compromise wouldn't be the right word to use, but more of you found the balance of being responsible while still having fun, right? And that's yeah. essentially what you came back to. Right, 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 right. Got it. So I did want to ask you a question because, Nick, um, earlier you mentioned, like, you know, a lot of um, what helped you pursue this business or lifestyle is also because of Fernando, right? For him being there and being part of the startup. Um, how important is it? for someone who is starting out to just be on, you know, a solopreneur type journey? Is it really important to have a team or friends to support you? Like, what, what's your guys' opinion on that? I know you guys work very closely together uh, for pretty much every aspect of your life. Your girlfriends even make fun of you guys saying that you guys are together more than you are with them. Yeah, because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I would say, look, I mean, I can't speak for being a solopreneur. I have friends that are solopreneurs. And it's really tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's certainly possible. Obviously, there's so many circumstances where that's happened, right? Um, but, you know, I think having a business partner makes things just so much easier during those dark periods. And I think, like, you know, there's one thing I always talk about when people ask me this question. And, you know, a lot of times when you're growing as a company and you're making, I mean, in order to grow, you have to make big decisions, right? And, you know, having a business partner means the difference of being able to make a $50,000 decision versus $300,000 decision. Because if you're a solopreneur and you might lose $300,000 and you're risking $300,000, you might not take that risk. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, you know what, I can't afford it. But if you're with someone else, you're like, screw it. We're both involved. We'll both figure it out. You know what I mean? And it's that partnership, that inherent intertwined future that you're like, you know what? We can dig ourselves out of this hole two times faster so we can make decisions that are like two times, four times, five times as big. And I think that's really like the key. And, And not to mention like, you know, the decisions that we make we argue like all the time. Like, I mean, like all the time, but we're totally cool. Like, you know, afterwards, if it's really heated, we'll just be like, 
dude, you know, I love you and we'll just hug, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, I think at the end of the day, it's no hard feelings. It's really what's at the best for the business and what's best for the business is what's best for us. You know, and I know for me, I get more emotional. Fernando, he's very like cool and level headed. Yeah. And so, I mean, we just balance each other out, you know, and I think, you know, it also flips in other decisions too. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm personally really grateful. Yeah. Same. I mean, there's just no yeah. way, like, I mean, we definitely have like our personalities and that like manifests in different ways, but it's like, it's really, really important. I think to have that balance because I'm usually like, go, 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 go. And like, you know, like really like, I guess aggressive. And then Nick is like way better. I just be like, all right, well like, let's like slow down. Let's like think about it more. And like, and then I'll end up thinking about it like a lot more about like, okay, well, what do I need like exactly to do it? But I'm like, you should just so excited. Um, and so I think that like balance is incredibly important, uh, for a business. Cause like, I'm sure we would have made a, lot, a ton of mistakes, uh, if we didn't like have Nick and then like, there's like a lot of ideas that we might not have executed on if it wasn't for me. Yeah. And I think like that part is, um, is huge. Like, yeah, like makes sense. Like we have friends that are solo entrepreneurs and I, my hat's off for to them. Like it's, it's hard. Like there's like when things are going great you know, you're a genius and like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but when things like aren't going as well as you planned, like having somebody there that's like in the trenches with you is like, it's, it's more than just like them, like being a smart person and helping you through it. It's just knowing that somebody's there with you yeah. is so huge. Yeah. I mean, you know, that moment when we had to lay off our employees, I remember just sitting in a bar with Fernando and we're just drinking, like just looking at the view of downtown and we were like, dude, we're so fucked. Like, like, you know, but, but, but it was like, you know what? I mean, we're both fucked together. So it's like, at least I have company, you know, like, and like that just makes it so your attitude on dealing with the situation is better. I know personally, I'm extremely hard on myself way more than probably Fernando. Mm -hmm. And like, it would be really difficult for me to deal with like going through that. I might not even like have continued on, you know, but knowing that Fernando was there really just you know, gives me, you know, we can hold our own experience together. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's very, very powerful. And I, and if you're asking like, should people have a business partner? I, I would say, I mean, if you can have one, do it, you know, and talk about it early on. Cause Fernando and I, this isn't our first rodeo. Like we, you know, we tried starting like an iPhone case company a long time ago. That did not work <laughs> yeah. out. I ended up having to sell like a bunch of like the, the, the cases to, you know, someone else for like a discount. Um, but you know, we, we kept trying, you know, kept trying different things and we, you know, it just kind of naturally made it. So when we decided to start a business, it was like, yeah, I mean, we've been kind of planning this all along, even though we never really formally talked about it, you know? Um, yeah, you, you bring up a great point, which kind of leads into the next question on really the number of failures, right? How many times have you fallen? Um, and how many times have you gotten back up? So like how many projects or companies or things have you guys worked on before you guys even finally figured out your stride? Well, like full time, it was only one other idea, I think, but like, just like mini projects, like, I mean, I've had, I don't know, 15, like mini little projects, like from probably high school till now, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, everything from like a tutoring company to a catering company <laughs> yeah. to like <laughs> selling stuff from Chinatown to my high school, like, I mean, like knives and lighters and all that stuff, like everything since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if like, I would consider them like failures. I learned margins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean like nothing like to this scale, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I've definitely, I think my failure is probably just, like, not finishing, like, some of the projects that I've worked on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I would guess, you know, the iPhone case coming was technically a failure because, like, sure. I mean, we just didn't follow through on it. You know what I mean? But I think that also said that, like, we weren't at a point in our life 
where we felt ready to follow through on it. You know, I'm of the firm belief that like, if you really want something, you will put yourself in those situations. And if you don't, you're fully responsible. Like you just don't want it enough. Yeah, I think we, yeah, exactly. We didn't want it enough. At yeah. The time. We were more excited about the new job because it like, coincided at the same time as when we both left to the startup. And so I feel like, yeah, if it, maybe if we hadn't joined the startup, then we would have made the cell phone company work. Um, but yeah, then it came down to like timing and yeah, just not prioritizing it. Yeah. Yeah. We were relying on equity that never panned out. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's like, there's never a good time to start a company. You know what I mean? Like you hear it all the time, like in our friend group, it's like, oh, well, I'm about to get married. So I need to plan the wedding or like, oh, like, you know, I'm about to move apartments. So it's not a good time. Or I'm about to have a kid. So like I need to save. And it's like, it never gets easier. Like, you know what I mean? You're, you're making that hard decision later on in life when you have more bills, more like recurring expenses, like all that kind of stuff. And I, yeah, I think for those, like, if you, like, if you really want it, then you should like publicize it and like post it on Facebook and like get that like social, like get a bunch of people to fucking like it. And then basically like make them hold you accountable. Because I think if you're like, look, by this point, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to launch, like, 20 podcast episodes. Or I'm going to sell 5,000 shirts. Whatever it is. And then if, like, then when you go see your friends, they're going to ask you about it. And if you haven't done shit, like, you're going to feel really bad. And, like, but you need that, like, motivation. Because I hear all the time, I get messages like, hey, like, can you help me with this? And it's like, oh, yeah, what have you done? And then if you haven't done anything, your first, your first, like, inclination is to reach out for, like, just to get help, then like, you're not really being an entrepreneur, right? You're just like, you're following somebody else's like steps. And like, I think as an entrepreneur, you have to like kind of at some points pave your own way. And I think the earlier you learn to do that, like the better you'll be off. Totally. Yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting because I think Fernando is really good at like externalizing failure. Right. And I think like for me, I internalize failure and I think we approach it differently. But we've found a different way to cope with moving forward on failure. Right. And I think for me, it's like, realizing that failure is part of the process and I kind of training myself to like love it and enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like to train myself during those shitty times to like think, okay, you know what? There's like going to be a good time on the other side. And just realizing that like, you know, the journey is really the way forward and that's what you should be enjoying, you know? Um, and so that's, that's, I think that's what, what's really important is that, you know, don't think of it as an end goal. It's a constant process. Mm. And, you know, entrepreneurship to me is the perfect, you, you know, I think you're going to, you know, you ask about why, right? Like why? To me, my why for entrepreneurship is I don't think there's any better vehicle for, for constantly challenging yourself. Whether you're a musician and you're just trying to be better at your art and you want to perform at these amazing stages or an entrepreneur and you want to like build a business, you know, there's something that's always, it's always going to evolve past something that you're currently capable of. And there is an opportunity for you to move through it by becoming better. And that to me, I think is like one of the ultimate things about being an entrepreneur, you know? Wow. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I have not thought about it that way. I've always thought that, you know, entrepreneurship is just, you know, you're putting a goal in mind in terms of figure, but in terms of building yourself up, evolving yourself and keeping yourself or basically being able to adapt to different situations and really growing yourself as a person and pushing yourself. I think that is really just the biggest key in terms of how to go upon this journey. So I wanted to let you guys talk about, you know, how you guys even discovered FBA. What is FBA, uh, Amazon, or what is it like selling on Amazon, um, and really the journey you guys have gone through in, in building out your business. 
Yeah. Oh, I can start. So, I mean, the journey was that we originally wanted to create our own website for selling products. And we realized that was really, really hard working with other brands and trying to find customers and then having to handle the support and then shipping those products. And it was just really a nightmare. And so transition to Amazon FBA, and that's completely the opposite because they already have the customers that have their credit cards saved. Um, Amazon FBA is actual like a shipping like fulfillment network that actually will ship all the products to the customer for you. So you just need to get to them in bulk. And then on top of that, handle a majority of the customer support. They have like really easy to use advertising platforms. So basically, if you think about like all the all the different functions that you would need to create an actual e-commerce company on your own, uh, between like the design and like you know user acquisition and like your products and like shipping, they remove a ton of those variables for you. And so it makes it really really easy for um, someone like an entrepreneur to go buy a lot of product in bulk from like a manufacturer get it to Amazon, and then basically market that product. So taking care of the photography, the listing is the keywords and everything else. Yeah, uh, and, I mean, I can go into like how we kind of shifted into FBA. So Fernando mentioned that, you know, we, we basically wanted to start this passion project of like, you know, a Shopify site where, you know, Fernando would close on brands and I'd like, you know, put the brands on our website or whatever. And these were brands that we loved. It was based around the audience of Tim Ferriss, right? And you know our goal was to get as many subscribers as possible so that we could sell them on products that we bring in. But it was just you know we were barely making. I mean we weren't making money. We were like getting we're revenue. Money. We were losing money. Maybe <laughs> like five to ten grand a month yeah. max. Oh wow. Getting a lot of users. Um, but we realized we we're like, look, we've only put in like twenty k each. We're literally going to run out of money very soon. So we need a shift. And like we're we're banging our head against the wall. I remember every night at eight o'clock, Fernando and I, we just, this is when we were working long distance, by the way, so it was tough on our relationship. He was in NorCal, I was in LA. We were working long distance. Yeah, and I remember just <laughs> chugging like three beers after like eight o'clock, just so stressed out, because I think deep in my heart, I felt like this is gonna be really hard. I don't know if this is gonna work as fast as I want to. I'm sure you felt that way too. Yeah. And so we were like, you know what, like one of our biggest bottlenecks is just working with brands. These brands, don't even have that many followers. They're not even that popular. I remember. Yeah, was like, I was like, they're yeah. idiots. Yeah. Like they're all <laughs> stupid. <laughs> if you're watching this, yeah. Are. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, why don't we start our own brand? I was like, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe we could start, you know, like an underwear brand or something like that. Like just start thinking about margins. And then one day, like an Amazon package comes in, and I'm like, you know what? Like, why do we even think? Of, why are we even thinking about starting like a Shopify when we literally have bought everything in the past like month? On Amazon like that doesn't even make sense what if we sell it on Amazon and instead let's let's cut through these brands screw these guys let's take their same product and just cut them on price and because they have a brand to uphold they're not gonna drop the price right like let's say a Kirkland mm-hmm. or not Kirkland's not a good example like a uh, Rubbermaid yeah. they're not gonna drop their price on a food container let's say for example because they need to lock in that price for like retail and so I was like you know screw these guys let's just go direct and then that's like when we discovered FBA and then we you know, we were like, okay, you know what? This sounds amazing. Let's just try. And so we, we actually hired a consultant who had done FBA before. We found him on Reddit. Like, hey, dude, like, will you train us? Like, we're really willing to learn. And then he charged us, and then we sourced, like, four products immediately in the first month. We did more revenue than we had done in the past six months combined. And we were like, okay, like, we need to drop everything. Like, drop whatever shitty Shopify store we created <laughs> and just, like, move it over to Amazon. And that's, like, yeah, that's kind of where we started. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I know you guys have been working on Amazon the last few years, right? And you guys have grown the business from what, like seven figures all the way to eight figures now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know you guys have been working on 
a, a course to help other entrepreneurs who are interested in the FBA game, selling on Amazon, starting a brand. Um, so tell, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so um, so actually we're both part of like a group like online, uh, like 250 um, sellers that all generate over a million dollars a year. And through that we met like our buddy Anthony, you also know. Um, and he had built like an amazing like or a really strong community at the time. I think it was like twenty five thousand. Now it's like over thirty thousand people. And so yeah, like I reached out to him. We're like, hey man, like we're thinking about creating a course, but it would be way better to do it with you. And we all bring like different skill sets, and we can um, really like crush this if we work together. And like to Anthony, who was like super quick. He's like, yeah, I'm down. Like, that's, like, that's, <laughs> like are you sure? Like, yeah, that was quick. Yeah, I was like, oh, way too <laughs> easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was. It's been awesome. Like, we started, I think, in maybe uh, mid December. Is like when we kind of like had the conversation. He moved out to LA like the first week of January, and then so he was like hanging out like on my couch for like four months, uh, and we were just like working on it, like running our own businesses. But then also just like coming up with the ideas and like the marketing campaigns and everything. And yeah, it's been a blast. It's been alive for maybe like seven weeks. And it's been like honestly one of the most rewarding things because like launching, you know, 10, 15 products a month, like it's it's really easy now. We have 50 people like we don't really need like it's not like revolutionary anymore. Like we have a system. And then so being able to help like new entrepreneurs and kind of like answering their questions and like watching them be able to like, you know, live like either the same lifestyle or provide for their families or whatever, like help them meet whatever their individual goals is way more rewarding for us than it is for us to launch, you know, a hundred new products. And so that's been a cool transition. Yeah. People ask us all the time, like, why, why'd you do this? Like, you know, why are you sharing your secrets? And I think, you know, you get to a point where, you know, I remember when we were getting to seven figures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we were just like holding everything close to our chest. We were like, we're not gonna show this to anyone. Like even our friends were like, will you teach us to sell on Amazon? We're like, no. Like, <laughs> sorry, like we're not going to. Why would we teach you? And it's like, I think we've done it enough to where it's like, you know, we realize it's, it's so much about execution. The knowledge is out there. And you know, I think one of the biggest changes for us was joining a community, right? It being open and sharing in this community and realizing how much it impacted our business. And I think like that's that's the reason why like we're involved now. It's because you know, I'm not scared about sharing, like, I mean, we're not scared about sharing, like, our quote-unquote secrets. We just want people to be successful because there's just so much opportunity out there. Um, and, you know, it's it's just worked out, you know, for the better for us. And, um, yeah, like Fernando said, it's just it's really rewarding. Awesome. Yeah. So definitely check it out. These guys are being extremely generous, and they're actually providing a very special discount for everybody who's listening in, actually only for the first 10 people who redeem it we're giving out a 50% discount code for the first 10 people. So definitely go check it out. Grab the discount code from the website at whyfactorpodcast.com and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening until the very end. You can find more information about my guest on the website at whyfactorpodcast.com. I'll provide any links and promo codes that were mentioned in the interview. A full transcription of the interview is also available on the website. Share with your friends and tune in next time for another episode of The Y Factor.